Today we're going to tell the story of Zoom Video, which is one of the fastest growing companies in Silicon Valley from the perspective of one of their first employees, Daniel Berrigan. You probably heard about Zoom because they sponsor a lot of different podcasts, but you probably have never heard the story about how Zoom was created from the perspective of one of their first employees and how he helped build their sales team and become one of their top account executives and drive traffic that was critical to Zoom's growth. Um, if this is your first time listening to the Breaking Stars podcast, you know that we uh, think deeply about the first 10 employees at a startup uh, pre-product market fit. We also help you understand the various roles that are within tech companies and the jobs that are going to be created and destroyed in the future, not only so that you can find the teaching programs for the jobs that you want, but also so that you can thrive in a tech-driven environment by understanding the nuts and bolts of how these teams work together. If you have not liked our Facebook page or left a review, please do that right now. Join our community on Facebook and share it with your friends. And if you have any feedback for us, please send me, Archer Timur, an email. It's Ruben Archer or Timur at breakingintostartups.com. And yeah, like if, tell your friends about it and, and, and we're here for you. And uh, we are the front door to the tech industry and we will help a billion people in our lifetime. And if you want to be a part of movement, hit me up and let's break in. Growing up, we're told that in order to be successful, you need to be a banker, a doctor, or a lawyer. That's what the gatekeepers want you to think. But we're part of something bigger. We're part of a technological revolution. Either you're at the table or on the table. Getting in. 10x. Yo, 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 this is Ruben Harris. I'm here with the homies, Archer and Timor Meister. And this is the Breaking Stars podcast. Timor, can you please tell the people what we're doing today? Yes. Yeah, so tonight we're sitting at Zoom's offices in San Jose. It's 7 p.m. on a Monday night. As you guys know, tech is, is not just in San Francisco or Mountain View or Palo Alto. There is a booming tech scene down here in San Jose. And Zoom is actually one of the fastest growing startups. So after work, we came down here and we have very dope guests. So Ruben, can you please introduce the guests? Yeah, Timor. I'm really excited about this interview with Daniel Berrigan, not just because he was Zoom's one of the first he was the first sales rep at Zoom that was able to rise all the way up to the top of the ranks on the enterprise team, but also because he helped the company grow to over 700,000 clients in six years, reach a billion dollar valuation, get into 90% of the top universities, expand into different verticals. He's also awesome because he is a, a Raiders fan. Shout out to Marshawn Lynch. He is also a family man. That is very humble and, and like, and he's going to tell us a lot about his personal life. So, Daniel, thank you for joining us. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me on the show. Yeah, yeah. no problem, man. So, so tell us a little bit about about family. We talk a lot about family and and how that influenced you to get up to this point. Family's everything. Since I was, you know, a little kid, it was all about man. You know, the holidays. Really looked forward to. Christmas, Thanksgiving, just seeing all my cousins. So from a very young age, the importance of family was instilled. So yeah. I carry that, you know, today. Still very close with two older brothers and two older sisters. So very close to them. We're always getting together. We're always well now, man, I have twelve nieces and nephews. Wow. So <laughs> that's beautiful. Five kids, twelve mm -hmm. nieces and nephews. We talked a little bit about that. 
you know, my mom's Cuban and your family is, where your, where's your family from? Talk a little bit about that. Yep. So I'm first generation. My mom and dad are from uh, Guadalajara, Mexico. Dope. So yeah, it's, I'm very proud of my parents. Just, you know, they came over here not really knowing, yeah. you know, the, uh, the American lifestyle and whatnot. And, and for them to look at not just myself, but my other brothers and, and sisters, we're all successful. So that makes them very, very proud. So yeah, I'm yeah. Very, yeah. I'm very, and very speaking proud. of family, you mentioned that you have two older brothers. Mm-hmm. So being the youngest boy in the family, how did that impact your competitiveness growing up? Yeah, no, Timor and Archer they fight all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the oldest one out of the two of us, so I I want to know what it's like being the youngest. Well, I, I can tell you from when I was little, my older. So I have two older brothers. One is uh, four years older than me. And the other that is nine years older than me. Mm-hmm. So as a little kid, we would play football mm-hmm. in the living room and my brothers would be on their knees because obviously they were a lot bigger than me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, we, we was tackle football. So mm-hmm. from those days to getting older and, you know, competitively playing against them in basketball outside, it was always, you know, talking back and forth, you know, who won the last game. And then all the way even to playing video games, I would beat my oldest brother at video games and, you know, he used to get a little little mad about it. So yeah, the competitive thing was always there from day one. So that makes me very competitive today. Yeah. And and I think in the pre-chat, you mentioned that you guys both got into sales at the same time or like, how did that work? Yes. My oldest brother has been in the industry for, man, uh, I would say if I had to guess, maybe 15 years or even longer. Mm -hmm. And it was about seven years ago. He was at Cisco mm-hmm. and he got me into a VAR. Mm-hmm. Well, for the people that don't know, what's a VAR? It's a value-added reseller. Okay. So these are companies that sell uh, or resell Cisco, Polycom, life-size equipment. And for the VARs, they also have services around that to where they can go and install a conference room solution, manage certain hardware, et cetera. So I got involved seven years ago and you know, thanks to my brother. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is now we go head to head. Interesting. So like, let's unpack that a little bit because he's at Cisco, you're here at Zoom. For the people that don't know, what is Zoom and how did Zoom become a company? Yeah. So the story goes, our CEO, his name is Eric Yuan. Shout out to Eric. Shout out to Eric. Eric was employee number 10 over at WebEx. Okay. So he was a VP of engineering there. Okay. Matter of fact, he wrote the first set of code for WebEx. Flex. Did a great job. Cisco acquired them back in 2007, Uh at which point he maintained the WebEx division. He was leading the overall collaboration division as well as the Jabber division. Mm -hmm. So Eric literally had 800 engineers reporting directly to him. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of people. (laughs) Exactly. So he, he saw a problem there. And at that time, he went to John Chambers and basically told John that he needed to build a next generation platform from For scratch. People don't know who John is. Who's John Chambers? He is the ex CEO of Cisco. Okay, ex CEO. Okay, keep going. So John said, "Eric, you know what we have right now is selling uh, like hotcakes. So why don't you focus on on what we have?" And as you can imagine, from the engineering perspective, it's not fun, you know, not being able to to build something new or innovate. So Eric left, and when he left, he took with them the best of the best engineers, the best screen sharing engineers, video engineers, audio engineers, and he built Zoom, built on today's technology and architecture. So, But what he saw was a mashup of different technologies over at Cisco, 
just different hardware platforms which needed gateways and infrastructure and costs and you know there's a lot that's involved there so that's why he was thinking i need to build something from scratch that's going to you know solve this here yeah so. yeah and so zoom and webex were a video conferencing tool yeah cuz when he built webex webex was more of a web conferencing tool cuz back in 98 99 when that when that sprouted it was more i want a tool that i can share my screen with someone and for audio, I'm going to dial in. Mm-hmm. And when you built Zoom, it was more video conferencing centric. Mm-hmm. So let's jump into a call, see each other with great video, as well as obviously still being able to share your screen and uh, have people dial in on audio. Yeah. Nice. So it sounds like he was very close to the problems that Cisco was solving. He knew he can do it better. He approached the CEO. The CEO said, no, he's like, all right, I'm just going to do it myself. And I think that's important to note for those who are tuning in and who are trying to pick that winning company, you can never go wrong picking the CEO who has 10 years of experience and who has sold their company before because they know how to execute, they know how to deliver. And it's very easy for them to now, especially if it was someone who designed WebEx, to now go ahead and say, hey, how do we build this 2.0 version of web conferencing? I want to say you could never go wrong, but it's definitely a good bet to go yeah. with somebody that's like done it before. So, but yeah, yeah, so so that's cool. So now you and your brother are going head to head. You're at this VAR. Well, actually, before that, he's at WebEx. He's killing the game over there, closing deals like crazy. You're at the VAR, reselling stuff. And then what happened? So then what happened was Greg Holmes, who's the VP of sales here at Zoom, right when he took the position, he reached out to you know a lot of WebEx colleagues mm-hmm. or ex-WebEx colleagues. And one of them that or one of the persons he talked to basically said, great, you know, I'm happy, but I know somebody that's young and hungry oh. and he introduced us. So yeah, that's got how. It. So you got the job through referral. You were Correct. a passive candidate. Yep. Okay, cool. That's dope. That's dope. And was your brother still working in WebEx when you joined? Yeah. So my brother was, uh, he was working at Cisco and well, funny thing is he was working at a company called Tamburg. Cisco acquired Tamburg, and then that's how he was there. He left to another startup called uh, Akano, mm-hmm. and Akano ended up being acquired by Cisco again. <laughs> so now he is back at Cisco. Wow. 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 Interesting. So, you know, you're here at this early stage at Zoom, like Basecamp One. Can you kind of explain what that looked like for the people? <laughs> oh, man. I just remember walking into this startup suite. And I'm going to try my best to describe it. (laughs) I walk in and I just see Ethernet cables hanging from the ceiling. (laughs) I look down to my left and I see a coffee pot on a chair. (laughs) I see boxes of crackers on a, it looked like a pretty old table. And I remember pausing and just asking myself, what am I doing here? (laughs) Out came my VP. He grabbed me. We went to one of the rooms and I interviewed with everyone. I just remember what really caught my attention is Eric, my CEO, doing a speed test and showing me how bad his network was. And so he joined using Zoom on his laptop and then he pulled out his mobile phone. And I'm telling you, with the bandwidth that he had available for him to connect the call and that quality that I saw, I knew that they had something special. That's all I knew. Especially when you think about the rest of the world being connected, like 5 billion people connected through a smartphone and how they're going to rely on audio and video, that type of stuff is super important. And so for a sales team that has one rep and a VP of sales, 
How's the onboarding process? So tell us, how, tell us how that all, all worked out. Okay, let me <laughs> let me describe my day one. So day one, I get to uh, this brand new uh, suite. We open the door, and there's nothing in there. Nothing. We, I literally had two boxes with my name on it. So I walk in. I go, "Hey, Greg, you know where's my stuff?" And he's like, "Okay, there's box number one, and there's box number two. Oh, I'm sorry, there's three boxes. I open up one box, and it's it's literally my desk." So I put my desk together and box number two was uh, the telephone. So I had to put the, the phone together and then box number three was my laptop. So oh. day one was just getting my stuff ready, you know, getting Ethernet to uh, my laptop and whatnot and configuring it. So that was day one. But to answer your question, what it was like to be a new sales rep, man, it, it's you have to just brainstorm and try to figure out this new product. How can we grab people's attention? Mm-hmm. And what me and my VP came up with was, well, hey, you know, we have WebEx DNA. So we're basically going to go out to our customers and say, you know, tell them we're from the creators of WebEx. Mm-hmm. And here's what we're doing. This is WebEx 2.0. Mm-hmm. So we kind of just started from there. Oh, did so, you? so at that point, can you describe at what state the product, like at what state was the product at? Because I know earlier on, like product and engineering are building the product and then they bring in sales folks once there is some sort of like market fit or once the first version of a product is finished. So when you joined, was the product even finished or were you trying to sell a product that's still being, all the features are being flushed out? Yeah. So at that, so that was January 21st, 2013. And the product was, it was a beta product and we had one customer. Wow. That customer was um, Stanford, a division in Stanford. The product was only able to have up to 25 participants on it. We had basic functionality, only one video layout. You can have 20, I'm sorry, basic recording. And that was about it. You can join from your computer and mobile. A lot of, I mean, as you can imagine, since then, we now can support, you know, hundreds or even thousands of people on a single call compared to 25 back then. That's wild. And did you do your own prospecting and closing? In the beginning, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yep. It was so a whole no, lot no of tight inbound funnel. No, no, oh no! Oh, oh. <laughs> Nobody knew who we were. So yeah, there was n- zero inbound funnel. It was uh, just creating my own list with my VP and him and I just picking up the phones and mm-hmm. calling everyone. Yep. And just getting denied, 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 denied until yeah. you know we started to see some success. Yeah. So then, as you started like kind of like building out the onboarding, like how did you start thinking about like the most important dashboards and activity and like just different things like that. So I will say that a lot of things that we've done at Zoom, you know, we've paved the way, we've innovated, we've created new things, but it's also, you know, looking at your competitors and seeing what your competitors are doing and then building something that's even better. So in terms of like the dashboards and whatnot, it was looking at our competitors, seeing what they were doing and making something that that was better. Yeah. So like from a KPI perspective, like how are you measured? Yeah. From the early stages, it was trying to make 50 to 60 calls a day, which it's kind of light. Yeah. That's how we were measured in the very, very beginning stages. Yeah. And what type of businesses would you call like small, medium, large? It was all small or actually, I'm sorry, it was education. So from the very beginning, we, uh, we strategically wanted to hit education because the way we viewed it is these students that are going to graduate and go out and go into the workforce they're going to be used to using Zoom if we can get our product mm-hmm. in there. So, so you're investing in the future. Correct. Kids are the future. Correct. Very smart. Okay. And so, and so like, 
you were an SDR in the beginning, evaluated on like calls and like setting up meetings for Greg. Yeah, it was either for Greg or if Greg's too busy, Mm -hmm. I just did it myself. Got it. Got it. And then like, then, you know, how did you start, did you guys follow a certain type of methodology, like Sandler methodology or challenger sale methodology? Or did you guys have like... Honestly, it was a wild, wild west. It was just dial, try (laughs) to get, you know, set your appointments and just try to get the product in front of people, but no methodology to it. Nice, nice. Yeah. So at what point did you guys start to bring on more sales folks? And how long did it take for how many months or how many years did it take for you to expand the team? It was about six months into it, we hired our third sales rep. So I got hired in January. A few weeks after that, my your sales rep number two got hired. Six months after that, we hired our third sales rep. Um, and then I would say a few months after that, we hired a few more sales reps. Mm-hmm. So but even at that, we didn't really hire that, that rapidly because still Zoom was unknown. Yeah. So there wasn't a lot of demand for Zoom. It was mostly just outbound. And then I would say towards the middle of 2014, that's when we really started to somewhat you know, ramp it up, yeah. hire more. Can you tell us a little bit about like, as you started, like you had the product market fit, you had more hires and you guys started like figuring out what the system was amongst yourself. Like, Tell us about the repeatable sales system that you guys created and like how you guys think about that. And because like there's a lot of people on the outside that want to follow this type of role and want to understand what they're getting into in the different stages and how to get to the same point that you're in. So what I can say is that, that Eric did such a great job of just having a flat and open environment. What I mean by that is in terms of you know product developers or I'm sorry, product managers, working with engineering, all of that, that was us. It was every person that was involved. So there'd be times where I would walk to Eric and say, hey, Eric, you know, I feel that we should move this button here or there, you know, within the product. And he would listen. He would we'll listen. Tight feedback loops. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. 100%. So yeah, in the very beginning, it was, we all wore so many hats, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of hats. It wasn't more, let's focus on the sales process and and training content. Mm-hmm. There was no training content. Yeah. So, I, you know, the first reps that did come on behind us, they just had to learn, learn as they went. Yeah. There was no book. Yeah. 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 And so, and so now that where you guys are now, is there like any like kind of playbook that you guys, that you can share for people that are trying to get in? Yeah, definitely. So now we've had programs where we've had specialists come in and talk to the top reps, talk to our customers and really narrow down, you know, that playbook, the different sales cycles. When we engage with the customer, at what stage is the customer at based off the signs that they show us. So that started, I would say about a year ago. Yeah, about a year ago. Wow. So five years with like just doing whatever you got to do to put balls in the basket. Well, well, we launched in 2013. So for the first two and a half years, it was... Yeah, putting balls in the basket. Yep, yeah. exactly. Now you're playing basketball. So yeah. what's uh, your current onboarding process for the new reps? Because you guys are ramping up. So I'm assuming you guys have to have some sort of training program. Yeah. So the training program now is we have somebody dedicated to that. We'd like to have everyone come to our headquarters and it's about a one week process, but it's all day. And it's about chemistry building outside of that as well. So dinners every night, Different managers, you know, uh, go different employees also tag along, but yeah, it's, it's about a week. Are there any like acronyms like to from a qualifying perspective like BANT, 
or like uh, unsticking of deals like Medic or MedPick or things like that that you guys think about? None that I can think of. No? Mm-mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I think cool. it's cool. just putting numbers on the boards, whatever it takes. <laughs> yep. And then just monitoring like just activity. So just like how many calls you did, how many meetings, how many demos, and how many deals you closed pretty much. Yep. Everything is, is out in the open. So mm-hmm. every two days you see your average calls a day, mm-hmm. how many you know meetings you've had. So, you know, if you're not performing and they look at the KPIs mm-hmm. that, you know. Yeah. Look, can, can you get... talk more about roles on a sales team and then maybe talk about how long typically like a person might stay as an like sales rep or as an account executive and so on? Yeah. So we have starting from our SDRs who, you know, handle a lot of inbound. So we have customers who obviously go to our website and then they go to the contact sales form or... We also have live chat on our website. The SDRs, you know, are going to handle all that communication and then, you know, funnel the company to the right representative on our side. Above the SDRs, there's also, or we have small business. A small business reps handle company sizes of 11 to 50. And then we have mid-market reps, which handle 51 to 500. And then we have a commercial team. They handle 501 to 1,000. And uh, we have a majors team. They are 1,001 employees all the way up to anything that enterprise does not name. So the enterprise handles nothing but named accounts. Um, so for example, I'm in the Bay Area and Oracle, Hewlett Packard, those would be you know obviously some that are on, on That's my, you. my hit list. The crumb That's me. The crumb. Oh, okay. <laughs> got it, got it. That's dope, that's dope. And so like thinking about just a little bit more around like, leaderboards and KPIs and things like that. Like how are people evaluating themselves? I know you, you talked a little bit about that, but like how are they managing their pipeline? Do you get analyze things like sales velocity? And then like from a compensation perspective, like how are they like treated at the SDR to the AE level? From the compensation perspective, I'm not sure where where the SDRs come in, but I would say for a mid market rep, I believe and I'm just throwing numbers out there. So Zoom members, if you're listening to me, I'm totally guessing here. <laughs> I, I, so this is, these are like average numbers for the enterprise then. Let's do it. Okay. That. For the enterprise, OTE is going to be around you know, 220 to 240. Yeah. So for the people that don't know, that's on target earnings half and half. So 110 to 120 base. And then the rest is commission. If you don't hit commission, you don't make that money. Correct. Cool, man. Very cool. Very cool. What would you say are the biggest like lessons that you've learned here from Greg? Never lose a loan. Mm. So if I have a deal, I'm going to bring in the troops. Mm-hmm. You know, don't try to be a hero. So in literally in all my deals, Eric is involved. Nice. Eric is involved. I bring in engineers sometimes, bring in Greg. So yeah, never wow, lose a loan. Wow, even at this scale. Nice. Yep. That's dope. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So at this point in the podcast, we do the lightning round. And this is where um, the three of us will ask you several questions, but we're really looking for responses that are filled with actionable strategies, tactics to, that kind of helped you to get to where you are today. So with that said, guys, take it away. Yeah. So this question, we're going to switch it up a little bit. Usually we ask a question about like moving to a new city, but we're going to switch it up. So since you guys are video conferencing platform, if you could send a video message to everyone in the world, 
and it has to be under 10 seconds, what would it be and what would you say? Do I got to go right now or can I get a couple seconds? Yeah, you can yeah. take your time to think about it. But if you could send it to the entire world, what would it say to I your I am family? on the spot right now. <laughs> yeah, the lighting around uh, sometimes fumbling. is tricky. <laughs> if I had to say a message to the world about our product in 10 seconds, I would... Uh, or it could be personal too. It doesn't have to be... I, I, I would say, here's a product that just works. When you want to have a meeting... Without any hiccups, just use Zoom. Okay. Okay. All good. Right. Sure. Sweet. Salesman all the time. That's yeah. good. I respect <laughs> it. So speaking of sales, you know, we also know that leaders are readers and we're students of the game. So, you know, what are some of your favorite sales books that you've read that kind of like that taught you the, the game? The Little Red Book of Selling. Okay. Okay. That was my first book. And I would say that that was the most important one to me. Okay. Dope. Yeah. So this is another one. I don't think I've ever asked this question in the podcast before, but as a salesperson, you face a lot of rejection. So can you share a story of a time when someone rejected you and you were able to take that rejection and instead of just walking away, you were able to turn it around? He closes every deal. Let's get it. I never lose. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah. Obviously we get it, you know, we get rejected a lot. It's how you handle yourself after that. So there was an exam or a, a story where a enterprise company told me that they are rolling out Microsoft Skype for Business and they have no need for for Zoom. And my counter to that was, it's going to take you one whole year to realize that your solution is not meeting your needs entirely. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you my product free for one whole year, literally free. And he said, wait, why would you do that? I said, again, because Within that year, your users will use Zoom. So when you realize that your product is not meeting your needs, your users will be used to my product. Respect. <laughs> and I can tell you right now, that company is now a Zoom customer. Nice. Man. Well done. Well done. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Chestnut checkers. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's a power move right there. So we're in San Jose. Again, like I think Timo said this in the beginning, this is the first time we've been in San Jose. We've been to... Some cool spots like Los Gatos Bar and Grill and Strays, <laughs> but that was like one time. So, like, where do we hang out out here? We we want to know for the people. Like, what should what should they hang out if they're thinking about living in San Jose? San Pedro Square. San Pedro Square. Right down there. Okay, I think that's where we're going after record Heather. Yeah. Yep. And do you have any <laughs> coffee shops? So there's a lot of coffee shops that we share with our community in the city where someone can just go and run into. Like the CEOs. Yeah, either CEOs or people who just hang out in tech and they can just come up to them and be like, introduce themselves, get their business card. Like, what's the side glass of 7th Street for San Jose? I don't know. No? um, I I need to pass it to my colleague. What would you say? We're fortunate that we have a little cafe on either side of us in our building. So usually we're kind of in between demos. So we'll run down there and run back. Starbucks, right down the street on Market. Okay. Hotspot. Yeah. Okay. Market in Almaden Boulevard? I believe so. Okay. Yeah, me and okay. my geography, you got me. Yeah. 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 Okay. Solid. Right. Solid. I think we didn't talk about this, but are you guys doing fantasy football right now? You know, I'm passing on fantasy football. Yeah. Because it messes the game up to me. Really? Yes. Like, for example, if I'm watching the Raiders and they're going up against the Falcons, 
Yes. And Matt Ryan is my fantasy quarterback. Yes. I don't want him <laughs> to go against the Raiders. But yet I, I do. You. So yeah, I hear this you. year I'm going to focus just on watching the game. You should definitely go for the Falcons sometimes, man. Are Shot. you from the I'm Dirty from South? I'm from Atlanta, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we met. But um, no, this was good, man. We're excited for not just amazing football season, but also just to see growth hit a million customers by the end of the year and just see you guys just continue to kill the game and, and support not just schools, but churches and all these other verticals and healthcare. What's the best way to stay in touch with you? Best way to stay in touch, LinkedIn. Okay. Some will include it in the show notes. Daniel Bargain for the people that didn't remember his name. That's his name. Stay in touch. Don't forget it. All right, man. Peace. Yeah. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you, guys. Thanks for checking us out. We appreciate you for listening and always love your feedback on how we can do better. If you enjoyed this, let us know what you thought on the reviews by going to iTunes, searching for Breaking Into Startups, subscribing to our podcast, and leaving a review. Also, if you know someone who came from a non-traditional background and is looking to break into tech, encourage them to sign up to our newsletter or tell them to join the Breaking Into Startups community on Facebook. Remember, if they don't let you in through the front door, go through the back door, around it, under it, or through it. Let's break in. Let's break in.